0: This time on Holy Ghost Notes.
1: I'm good at moonwalking when I want to be.
0: So, this is going to be a fun one. Where am I going to put my drops? (laughs) Come on now. Dude, Matt Griner's here. Oh, Oh, my goodness.
2: Oh, my gosh. Hey, this is Matt and Tim. Welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing, Tim? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. I. I'm excited about my new studio setup in my house. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I, it is, man. It's it's something I've been looking forward to having for ten years. When I purchased my house, I remember walking through it with my dad, and we're going into each room, and he's like, "This is nice, and uh, this is well built, and wow, this is a nice feature." And the whole time, I was just thinking about where I was going to put my drum set, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's such a classic drummer thing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, for, well, this is sure. really nice, but where am I gonna put my drums? Yeah. Where are
0: my drums gonna go? <laughs> so,
2: oh, where are my drums gonna that's go? Great. Then I'm not going to get kicked out of my neighborhood. Um yep. so so finally all these years later, I had my uh my friend Chris who does front of house sound for uh for August Burns Red, he came over and helped me set up a home studio. I'm running Pro Tools and you know, mics and ju- just the whole thing's very streamlined. I can literally just sit down, push record, and do playthroughs. I can more effectively teach lessons. Yeah. It's awesome. I- I'm excited about it. Like, I-, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I can't wait to practice now and record a new video Um, just because it's something I've been wanting
0: to do for so long. So, yeah, that's absolutely. kind of the newest thing for me. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, there's nothing like yeah. having a home studio. I, I, it took me longer than yeah. it should have as well, you know. Um, right. Because for, for a while, you know, when I was playing in bands a lot of the time, um, yeah. you know, I parsed down to one kit, and so they were yep. pretty much just living in road cases um, unless I was practicing or playing shows. And okay. uh, so when oh. I finally stopped playing shows uh, around the time when yeah. I found out my wife was pregnant, um, I was like, all right, I'm doing this. Uh, built a room. You know, I had most of the equipment just sitting around anyway from years of building up gear, and yeah, uh, yeah, it, I, there's nothing like it, man. It's kind of like the dream come true, just having it all sitting yeah. there, ready, ready to go, all set up. Lunch break, hop on the kit, press record. Yeah. You know, it's it's the best,
2: dude. It is. It's a dream come true. It 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 feels like for the first time in my life, I can actually do what I want to do on on drums in a way that, like, if I write a cool part for the next album, I can record it and send yeah. it to JB. Like, right. how long has it taken me to get to the point where I can do that? And yet, it's something I could have done a while ago. A couple people have asked me, why did it take you so long? Mm. Um, I don't have a great answer for that, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. grateful that it finally happened. That's awesome. Uh, that's, that's super and, cool. Uh, and actually, we're going to be able to utilize some of this... Um, Studio the studio aspect in, in this podcast now, so mm-hmm. uh, I want to start doing some drum lessons, and I can actually professionally record the audio and video, mm-hmm. and um, it can be made available to um, to Holy Ghost Notes Inner Circle Community Group and and just some of our Patreon members. So that's yeah. cool. That's there's, awesome. there's a
0: lot of possibilities. A lot of possibilities. And at some point, we'll we'll do an episode about. Um You know, building a studio, what it takes, what goes into setting up microphones, what types of microphones, what types of uh, DAWs uh, we use and and things like that. And uh, that'll be a fun one, too. Um, I'm sure a lot of you uh, are wondering (laughs) what an actual drum studio setup looks like. Um, So we'll we'll hit on that. So uh, one thing I want to make mention, um, because uh, most of you listening at this point, uh, when this episode is is released, um, your new album's out. Um, Guardians, yes. right? Uh That's do you right. wanna do you wanna tell uh talk about that a little bit before we dive yeah, sure. into the interview?
2: You bet, yeah. Cool. So Guardians um is our brand new record, and the first single we released was Defender. Uh Defender is a deeply personal song to me. We've talked about it a little bit. Um Defender is a song about someone in your life who bends so you don't break. Mm-hmm. It is about someone who is in your court. Um they are a protector. They're someone who stands up for you when you need it most. And since a personal experience I had with someone like this in my life, uh, it, it changed my life. It had changed my life a lot, actually, in, in that now when I see someone who is hurting or doesn't have the ability to protect themselves or, or help themselves through something, that I can at least help a little bit in I'm going to because someone helped me. Um, and huh. it, it's not that I feel indebted to do so. I just can't really help it now because of how much it changed my life when someone stood in for me. Yeah, And so uh, that's the first single, Defender. The second single we released was called Bones, uh, and we're playing both songs on our current tour with uh, Killswitch Engage. Yeah. Isn't our guest today the most um, sought-after, anticipated
0: guest the most the most requested guest um so far since we've started this podcast for good yes. reason for good reason for good reason Absolutely. this is uh a good friend of mine
2: an incredible drummer a hilarious human being this yes. is this is a we had a lot of fun with this one I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. with this one uh, I will say in advance um you're getting Adam gray high voltage one hundred percent um the way he is who he is and um no filter. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you want to get to know Adam, you came to the right spot. Uh, he was gracious enough to give us his time. And uh, he actually had a lot of fun with this. When he left, he, he sent me a text. He's like, thanks for letting me do that. Um, I'm glad that I got to do something different. It was a nice change of pace for me. And you could kind of sense That's that, cool. you know, he was, he was a little bit apprehensive yeah. at first. And mm-hmm. I understand that I would be the same way. Um, yeah, but he did such a good job of explaining things exactly the way he means to explain them. And he, he has, he, he doesn't have the ability to be, um, uh, he's an authentic person and there's, there's, yeah. there's no, uh, there's no fluff. There's, there's mm-hmm. no confusion. It's like, here's who Adam is. And, and he did a great job of representing yeah. that personality that he has. For sure. For sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think um if there's one thing that we aspire to to be on this podcast, it's real. And uh <clears throat> Adam's interview might have been the realest <laughs> interview we've had. Um, which is super cool. I love that he was able to um to open up, you know, about his his thoughts and his feelings and he didn't shy away from things that were uncomfortable. Um and uh and there's something to be said for that. I think the other thing too is um you know <clears throat> He's Such an incredible drummer Yeah Um And Might not have Like some of the accolades As the others That we've Right Interviewed in the past But But honestly He is like Right up there With the best Yes You know And And uh it was cool, despite all of the technical issues <laughs> that we had going into it. I think, uh, so you and you and Adam were in the same room. Right. I'll post a picture of it right. at some point. Uh, you guys were in the same room next to each other um, sharing uh, AirPods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, in order for uh, the latency <laughs> issues to be avoided um, <laughs> because we were doing like a three-way call or something, and he was hearing your voice like a split second after you talked, and it was just a nightmare. So we probably spent like 30 minutes, maybe more just laughing and trying to figure out how we were going to get this thing to work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, but it ended up working yeah, out. There I was think.
2: so much latency on the phone right. call at first that I couldn't hear what I was saying, nor could I think, mm-hmm. and it was the same way for him. So we just scratched <laughs> yeah. it and started over. And like you yeah. said, shared AirPods. Um, uh, there were so many stories that I wanted to get into with him, but obviously we j- just didn't have enough time. The, yeah. the one story uh, I, I wish we would have gotten into, which I'm not even sure he knows, so if he listens to this, uh, it'll be the first time he's hearing it. I was rehearsing with Aaron Spears in Los Angeles right before a Zildjian shoot. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was called Zildjian Inspirations. And Adam was about to play with Eric Moore. Well, the way it works is you go in, you do your rehearsal Um, in a a side studio room and then you go into the main room you do your rehearsal and then you record live and Aaron and I were rehearsing in a a studio room he said I want to take a break I want to go see Adam play with Eric Hmm. and we walked over and we're standing next to the live room where he was about to record his Zildjian Inspirations um, episode or video and he's standing there Mm -hmm. with a you know, Aaron's got this huge smile on his face, and he's like, man, he's like, this kid is special. Hmm. Those are the same words he used about Ash Soon. Hmm. Uh And it's true. I mean, Adam Gray yeah. is a very special drummer and a very special dude. And uh, I'll never forget that Aaron Spears wanted to stop his rehearsal to go over and watch Adam shred with Eric. And it was honestly mostly for Adam, not so much to see Eric. Uh, he doesn't hmm. have the chance to see wow. Adam play often, and this was like... Huge for him. He's like, man, this, yeah. this dude's special. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I wish Adam could hear that. So if you're listening to this, Adam, if you're listening to your own episode, <laughs> uh, <laughs> be encouraged because, uh, man, those are, mm. those are some special words for a special dude.
0: Yeah. Coming from Mr. Spears. Yeah. That's some high praise. It's great. Well, well-deserved for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, so I've only met adam on uh I guess on a couple of occasions and um never really got a chance to to get to know him, but I felt like this uh this interview this time spent together i, I really got to know him um, and so I hope that you guys all feel the same way too listening to it like um he was super real you get to know him you know it's and and that's just awesome yeah so um what a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's great. And uh, there is profanity on this episode, so if you are sensitive to cursing, um, just please be aware that it is uncensored. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, enjoy the episode, and um, man, just just take it all in. This this guy doesn't do a whole lot of um, broadcasting like this, and you'll find out why. He's He's very humble, mm-hmm. and he does not like to talk about himself. And so we're just grateful right. that he gave us some time where we put him on the spot, and he didn't have much of a choice (laughs) because we (laughs) want to legitimately know who Adam Gray is. So here we go. Enjoy. is a very special episode. Um, I've been looking forward to this one for a long time and I know we were just talking about this before we started recording. Uh, this, is, this is a highly anticipated episode because it's a highly anticipated guest. Today we mm-hmm. have Adam Gray. Adam, how are you? You? Good I'm to have right. you, man. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming. We started this podcast about a year ago. And since day one, I've wanted to have you on this. So thank and you for making the 30-minute <laughs> trip from your house to mine. <laughs> and
1: I'm just like, oh, yeah, I, I have time tomorrow. <laughs> no, yeah, tomorrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all, it took, all it took is just a, a text and ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> no, he
1: tricked me. That's what he did. I did. Yeah. I did.
2: <laughs> I tricked you. No, seriously, thanks for coming over and being a part of this. Um, so we're going to get right into this because I want as much time with you as possible. Uh, we were just talking about work right before we started this recording. And it's it's funny that we're talking about work already because the first question I have for you is um, in regards to you being a hard worker. So when I was thinking about you this morning and, and some stuff I wanted to talk to you about, the idea of hard worker was like the first thought I had. You are a very hard worker. When it comes to drumming, was hard work and the idea of something being challenging what attracted you to drumming in the first place? Did you look at drums and go, dude, that is hard. I want to learn how to do that so that I can overcome a challenge.
1: In a way, in the beginning, not so much. In the beginning, I was just really liked the sound and just something about it just attracted me. Mm-hmm. Um, this dude was at my house once and we had a drum set and he was he played that... Uh, smells like teen spirit nirvana drum mm-hmm. beat, the classic yeah and uh as soon as i heard that and the snare how i felt it in my chest when he played it i was like okay well there's my life you know what i mean like i knew right away
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then i i didn't like have any plans i just enjoyed playing so i would just play as much as possible whenever i wanted growing up and then um And then the challenge thing started to become what it was. Now I'm starting to see people perform and see other drummers and be like, oh, well, I want to be able to do that. Mm. And then I just found myself just basically making rules and making, like, a militant uh, routine Mm -hmm. in my playing so that, like, every time you sit down, you don't get up until you can play something you couldn't Mm -hmm. when you sat down Mm -hmm. type of thing.
2: I remember you saying that years ago.
1: Yeah. So it was like, well, every time I sit at the kit, there needs to be improvement or I'm not getting up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I rolled with that for years and that's just kind of the way I did did it for a while.
2: Do you think that working hard growing up? I mean, your dad has this, I mean, your dad's one of the hardest working people I know. Right. And he has this company where he does stamp concrete, concrete in general, snow yeah. removal in the winter. Do you think that created in you this work ethic that then transcended the outside, I'm working on a stamp Crete patio, to now I'm sitting in a drumstick or a, a set with sticks in my hands? Uh,
1: I don't know. Maybe. I don't really think so. Um, I mean, it is hard work, and he got me started real young doing that also. <clears throat> but a lot of it is, I mean, it, you could be right. Uh, subconsciously, it probably morphed something in there but uh for the most part it was just I just like loved it and just my willpower is super super strong Mm -hmm. so when I put my mind to something I'm an extremist so it's like oh I'm gonna play for six hours a day for a year I'm actually gonna do it if I say it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so now it's like oh I'm only at four hours I need two more. Mm -hmm. And if I don't do the two more, I let myself down Mm -hmm. shit like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, so if you're listening to this, you can't see where we're sitting, but Adam and I are sitting together three feet away from each other at my drum set in my house in my practice setup, my studio. (laughs) We're about 15 feet away from where when Adam and I played drums for the first time, we realized, dude, I can't believe that you live 30 minutes from me. We're pretty much the same person. Oh yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of moments where it's just like our fills were the same or we had the same idea at the same time or when we pause and be like we should do this it's we're uh, finishing each other's sentences and it's just like what the hell is going on. Mhm. Hmm. That
3: was
1: that was that was pretty interesting.
2: Two drum sets set up next to each other 15 feet away from where we're sitting right now. It's 2020. That was two thousand and like 10, 11, 12. So about 10 years ago. Yeah. And I wow. have pictures of this. I have pictures of us sitting next to each other playing. I didn't really know you that well. But I remember you saying, dude, when I found out who you were the first time I met you, I wanted to tell you I hated your band. Oh,
1: yeah. At the <laughs> Warehouse 54. Talk about that. Yeah, that was interesting yeah we had it was i think that was 2007 or 8 real long time ago it was like back in only fire hall days you get a kick drum mic in a front and a vocal mic That's you were it. 15 yeah yeah our singer alex was 14 i think we were we had no idea what the hell was going on and we're just like oh we're <laughs> playing like when my band formed they're like oh you want to write songs and it's like yeah we wrote like a little demo And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm looking to book a show. And it's just like, I remember looking over just like, wait, we're going to play shows? Like, who do you think we are? We're not playing shows. Like, I thought we were just jamming in the basement. And they're like, no. And I was like, bands play shows? And that literally that moment when Texas in July formed was the moment I found out about metal music.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. So, So this entire world didn't even exist to me before my band started, which was definitely pretty interesting. But yeah. That's just a weird backtrack, but uh, one of those shows at the Warehouse 54 uh, in Mannheim. Well, we were we were pl- I knew of the band August Burns Red, but uh, I never I like maybe heard a couple songs off Thrill Seeker that I heard on LimeWire or something, <laughs> you know? And uh, definitely and 13
2: just, years ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I was just we played the set, or I think before we played
2: it was before you played yeah it
1: was before we played uh, my buddy came up to me and he was like dude Matt Griner's here and I was like who the hell is that (laughs) and he was like he was like yeah the guy in the white shoes and uh, those white shoes you you wear them I saw them on that one of your posters or something and I was like oh yeah the guy with the nice white shoes yeah he's the drummer for August Burns Red and I was like oh cool Um, All right. so pressure's on I guess I don't know I didn't really care, but uh, next thing you know, we played the set, and then Matt just walks right the hell up on stage, and he just walks over to me and starts talking to me. And then at that point, I mean, even if I didn't like the the band or didn't care, at least at the time, uh, if you're a big deal, I'm listening. So when Matt walked up, I was like, oh, this guy's a big deal. And he says I'm good. This makes Now I want to... Get better. Yep. And then it mm. just there it was. It's like, wait, so I just got respect from that guy? He's huge. You know? Cool. Hearing that and experiencing that at fifteen really will uh give you a bit of a kick in the ass to continue.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about Texas in July. So for those that don't know, Texas in July is a band. Was a band. I hate saying that. Was a band, It's all right. It's not okay. (laughs) Texas in July wrote the best record and then quit. Broke up. Called it a day.
1: That was a little interesting.
2: Understandably so. You guys had to move on with your lives. But anyway, Texas in July, a metal band from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. You guys grew and grew and grew, worked your butt off, and you became an internationally renowned band. What obstacles did you guys as a band have to battle against throughout the course of your career with the band before it was a career and it was just a hobby as you were just saying we play shows I thought we just do this for fun what obstacles did you have to overcome because obviously there had to have been enough for you to say one day we can't do this anymore
1: yeah well I mean there was a lot of vicious obstacles Um, a whole lot of just ultimate tests like, uh, we had a real bad van flip on our... I believe it was our first tour. Our, it was our second tour, but our first, like, more than one week. It was, like, two and a half, three weeks long, and we had, uh, you know, a, what was it, 12, 12 people in a 15-passenger van, and that van flipped five times. You know, everyone's airlifted to the hospitals, all that Jeez. shit. And it's like... And that's like, if that's not someone saying stop, you know, then what the hell is? So we... uh We played a show like two weeks later. Uh, I couldn't lift my arm, so I had to lower my one cymbal, and I couldn't lift my one leg. So it was like I don't know. It was that that was a big hurdle because it was right off the bat. And then some of some parents maybe not have supported after that. Like, are you sure this is you Mm -hmm. know whatever? And then now it's like you guys got to get a job. What are you doing? Like you're not making any money Mm -hmm. and. Going through that classic hurdle, which pretty much everyone has to go through mm-hmm. in that yeah. uh, situation, but um, just the just a whole lot of testing your patience on the road, and I mean that's just also that's just the way it goes on the road. You know, a lot of people aren't cut out for it, but um, and just scenarios, you know, like I think it's funny, just. Like, people get stressed out over certain things, and I'm, and it's like, maybe I'm just a realist, but I'm like, you have a flat tire, you know? Like, why are you stressed out? Yeah. You know, like, I've been held up by knife point in both Londons. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's and ran like, from
2: bad guys in Montana. Yeah, like,
1: like I've been, like, yeah, in Mont, That was another one. Jeez, freaking. We literally had these, like, hillbilly type of guys standing in the bed of their truck it's the the ground is ice we're in stranded in montana waiting for an engine to arrive to arrive um
2: for your touring van
1: for my van okay. we were 3 days into like a 4 week tour or something van blows up uh waiting on this engine so we're just sitting in this place these these dudes start yelling at us in a bar because our photographer Joel Pilott the mm-hmm. man the man uh they've i guess they found out we weren't from there I mean we certainly didn't look like it. Uh this was Billings. No, this wasn't Billings. This was Broadus Montana.
2: And your skinny girls jeans, you guys didn't look like you belonged. No,
1: this was like <laughs> a year before the band ended. This was like uh
2: Your Carharts.
1: Yeah, this I think this was like No, it wasn't Bloodwork. It was 14 or 15. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a little bit ago, but it wasn't that far away. But uh these damn these dudes they're in the bed of their truck, like slapping the side of their truck, doing that like woo, that mm-hmm. type of shit. And they're and we're running away. Dudes are like six five. Um, we had one more than them, mm-hmm. but they also probably had plenty of weapons. Mm-hmm. So we're like, if you if you try to fight back, these people are gonna kill us. There's this is population three hundred. You know what I mean? Like you see this shit in the movies, freaks you out. We're running. You know um they yeah they cut us off with their truck they all jump out we're juking like football like trying to get around them my dude luckily slipped fell ben we, no, i don't know no 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 my dude because the, they all out. the guy out the, fighting you okay yeah, yeah, yeah they, of course they,
2: you didn't know his name you're like was yeah, his name ben man, what the hell
1: <laughs> this dude was huge super tight pants big belt buckle you know what i mean and uh <laughs> he was wearing the skinny jeans okay yeah, well, no wonder he slipped because those cowboy boots they're freaking. <laughs> baby smooth on the bottom but
0: uh <laughs> ain't got nothing on the nikes right <laughs> yeah yeah
2: baby smooth
0: yeah they are smooth you ever walk around oh slip all over the place. yeah
1: yeah <laughs> nothing against them but uh they're slippery yeah no yeah mm-hmm. you can moonwalk in them though because you get that nice slippery <laughs> yeah i don't know whatever have you tried but, uh, oh yeah i'm good at moonwalking when i want to be <laughs> 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 but uh well anywho yeah so that that happened. Long story short, our one one of our guys they they got him. He ended up in the hospital. And let me long story short that a little more. We finally get the van back. We drive fifty five. I think it was fifty five hours to meet up with the rest of the tour through just blizzards. Hmm. On the way up, on the way, my chest started hurting, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I was rushed to the hospital from a show, and found out about my. Well, the first night, I got rushed to the hospital, and they, the dude was like, oh, yeah, you're fine. Take these pills, and you owe me $200 cash for a physician's fee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I need an ATM. And I started asking around the nurses, and they were like, we don't accept cash in this hospital. So it was a doctor trying to take advantage of me. Well, it was in Canada, Correct. and I was, you know, I don't know.
2: He's looking for some cash. Yeah,
1: maybe he thought I was dumb. You know, the type of shit, which I was because I was walking around the hospital like, you got an ATM? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, luckily, Joel Pilots' aunt, I believe, was working there. The man. And she was like, "We, who said that? You know, who told you that? So I'm like, all right. I take the pills or whatever the hell it is. And then we continue. Chest is pounding. But I'm like, well, doctors know. So next day. Rushed to the hospital, mm-hmm. and then that doctor was like, "You need to go home now. now." And then that's when I found out I have a pretty intense heart condition and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But um, personal but yeah, it's just, obstacles, band yeah, obstacles, up, just yeah, things like that just happening all the time, mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. have to write a record during it mm-hmm. and be on the road ten months a year and do, you know, uh. Nine people in a nine passenger sprinter sitting on your luggage for 10 weeks mm-hmm. with no air. And it's the summer in Italy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just, and then it's like, oh, I only want to do is go home. And then, nope, you got to fly to Asia. What? Yep. Just booked it. <laughs> oh, so I'm not going home? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, oh,
2: okay. But Europe, oh, wow. Oh, and by the way,
1: I need a record done uh, in a month. <laughs> it's like, oh. Next oh, week. Oh, yeah. I didn't even start that yet. Uh,
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to Europe with, wow. That's so incredible. Dude, that's amazing. You get to go to Europe with your band. Oh, my. Wow. That, what, what an honor. I mean, what are you what, talking about? What, what, and what is it like to travel in Europe with your band? Is it isn't it just incredible you get to see all these sites and
1: I've been to Rome ten times and I've never seen the Coliseum. <laughs> I've only ever been held up at knife point. <laughs> I'm kidding. The knife thing was only the Londons.
2: <laughs> Plenty of obstacles. Yes,
1: yeah. And you just you'd push through it, you know, whatever.
2: Right. Do you do you do you look at other drummers around you who seem to have an easier pathway and and ever just question why yours seems to be more difficult?
1: Uh, I think I used to. Um, but not really. I mean, sometimes. Like, I am i always, I never, I don't know. There's sometimes I just, like, I can't wrap my head around some things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, not really. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like, <laughs> oh, well, they're doing their thing, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Like, like I've seen some horrific drummers be in these huge, just so violently successful. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, what am I even working for? You know what I mean? Like, why am I yeah. trying to get better when all I got to do is be able to walk in a straight line mm-hmm. to, 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 you know, make it. Mm-hmm. All it takes is writing good music, mm-hmm. write good music or write music that people like at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be good in this nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah so it's just i don't know i when i was when i was younger like late teens early 20s when i was like kind of in my prime uh actually starting to get traction and that's when i was like there was a lot of felt like competition mm. and then you kind of move through that and then you actually become like good friends with a lot of drummers and then you meet really um, like incredible drummers and um that that was always my favorite it's going on tour I'd check out the bands and uh listen to the drums and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I can't wait to s- hang out with this guy." Mm-hmm. Cuz I know we're just going to sit in the trailer on a drum pad all day. Mm-hmm. Like oh like uh, Sastry, that mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. I did a tour with him and that yeah. was incredible. Mm-hmm. Every day we're just ripping a pad and mm-hmm. he, his drumsticks are like 10 pounds a piece. Mm-hmm. And uh Chad Hasty, another one, mm-hmm. you know, just you just go out with these guys and they're like Chad Hasty's Berkeley. So he was teaching me all kinds of different stuff that I never never even heard of. So that's that's an incredible part about being on the road with all these other drummers. But uh but yeah, the the YouTube drummers, I'm I'm cool with a, a lot of them. Like Luke Collins incredible. I mean they're
3: uh-huh.
1: the majority of them that do well are incredible. But uh I just I can't wrap my head around how to use technology. Mm-hmm. So I think that was one of my big downfalls is that I'm just like set up my phone and record drums and put it on my Instagram, you mm-hmm. know, and even that I'm like, what the, what the hell am I doing? You know, mm-hmm. and these guys are like, what do you got to get copyright shit and stuff? Like, how do you even get the song to lay over the thing? Like, how much is the program <laughs> you're using? You know, like, I have no idea how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd be popping videos out all the time. But it's mm-hmm. like. I know nowadays that's something that's important and what people, you know, want to see, mm mm-hmm. But I just suck at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I mm-hmm. could, like, if they'd be like, hey, come into the studio, we're shooting a video tomorrow. And it's like, oh, you got all the stuff set up? Oh, yeah, just do it. And if, Oh, I'll make the video. Just mm-hmm. pay me 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Then I'd do it. I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But me doing it by myself, <laughs> I stand there for 20, 30 minutes trying to figure out how to hell to get my drums even into the system mm-hmm. to be recorded. Mm-hmm. And then I got to go find some song on Google and drag it in or something. You know, like, how do you even... So that stuff, I really wish I was better with. But uh, Do you feel like I'm if not, you
2: were better at that technology? At I would the be in a much different place. You would be in a different I place.
1: Because I would love to pursue the YouTube stuff. And uh, you know, those guys are getting money for it and stuff. Like If you put ads in it, I guess, you get... Yeah. I sound like I'm 50 or 70 years old right now. But like, well, you make a video, <laughs> put some ads in it, and you get money? You know? I'm like, why am I not doing that? But I don't know how. And uh, that's, I'll teach you.
0: I'll teach that's you. Where,
1: that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that
2: there are at least two skill sets and you certainly have one of them. But to have both skill sets is to is an upper hand that's almost hard to even imagine having. And yet you look at people like Luke Holland. Yeah. Who have both. Yeah. Where they're completely different yeah. skill and, sets. And we,
1: me and you and I both watched him go from zero to to 100 you know what I mean Lou Collins
2: first two covers were Texas in July and August yeah
1: and he filled in for
2: me and he filled Uh, in for Texas yeah we flew him out and he
1: filled in for me for a show because I was uh, oh I was stranded in Italy on vacation because that volcano went off and all the
2: airports were closed Mm -hmm. that's right yeah yeah so you have two different skill sets and if you can find a way to merge them, you have an upper hand, even if someone is so much more talented than you in one of those areas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if like tech and marketing yourself, stuff like that, like I don't, I don't, I'm like, I pretty much feel like I'm an underdog. I'm like quiet. I do not enjoy at all like being annoying, which is what you have to do. Mhm check out my post, check out my mm-hmm. post, I just did this, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Look, like at me, look, at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm like, I do not want to do that. Mm-hmm. Even though they want it because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're fans of my playing and they want to see it. But I'm just like, well, what about the people that don't? <laughs> you know, it's like, so I'll, I'll do one every now and then <laughs> just so that I'm not like annoying and I'm just going to lay, like stay off, stay off the radar. Even though like, because I'm not, yeah, I'm just not good at, I don't feel right about, mm-hmm. uh, inserting myself into people's lives Hmm. so uh, that also you know that's standing right behind the technology thing because that's like you need you need to have both (laughs) in order to you know appear in people's lives you know
2: are there drummers that you look at and you say they're doing a great job of balancing how much they're quote-unquote annoying people with their posts and also, they're a really skilled player. Oh, and also, they carry themselves well. They're personable. They're philanthropic. They're nice to people. Are there any drummers that you can think of that you say, man, that guy, more than anybody else, is just someone that really stands out I to don't me. think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, I, there's plenty of standout drummers. But uh, like I said, I don't think it's possible to uh, be on the forefront of that YouTube stuff mm-hmm. and not be in insertive or like annoying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like, which is totally okay. That's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, I I don't, I just don't understand it Mm -hmm. and I wish I did. And I think I'd be in a different place if I did. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not young anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm jaded. Mm -hmm. So I almost view that stuff bitterly, if that's the word, Mm -hmm. uh, or with, bitter i don't
2: know yeah bitterness <laughs> yeah bitterness which yeah, was our last sure. episode funny enough
1: yeah so it's 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 kind of like oh these kids and their youtube <laughs> drum videos <laughs> yeah. whatever happened to you know writing your own song yeah. or whatever yep uh, yeah. and i'm, yep. I'm not entirely i'm not like hating i'm just thinking out loud yeah you know when
2: right. you look at someone like aaron spears do you feel like he's done a a good enough job of doing all of these, of managing all of these aspects, so much so that he doesn't need to yeah. post content. He's getting the work because a great, it's a preconceived yeah. notion.
1: That's a great uh, example. Point, yeah. Uh, so people like Aaron Spears, unbelievable drummer, blah, blah, blah. He's not showboating and throwing it in your face every day. The only time you see him playing is some sponsored event that's, like, rehearsed and blah, 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 live audience, mm-hmm. and those are those big viral videos mm-hmm. that he, you know, those are what you find online, online, unless it's a live performance with whoever he's with. um, Like, you, you don't really see him just alone in his basement mm-hmm. with, you know, whatever the hell the new song that came out yesterday, you listen to it 500 times to learn it and release it before anyone else does mm-hmm. so you can get more hits, mm-hmm. which... Mm-hmm. You know, I should do that, but I don't because I don't want to. <laughs> right. But, uh <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that um Aaron Spears is a great example. All those guys
0: mm-hmm. like the Yeah.
1: But they like they have the gigs though, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if I if I had the gig I'd be like, Oh, I got a job the reason for the YouTube thing is to maybe get a job. Mm -hmm. And then I can Mm -hmm. be like, all right,
0: no more videos. Thank God that's over. You know? (laughs) 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 That makes sense. Well, it's Uh, funny actually. It's, it's funny that you say that because, uh, you know, um, just, just knowing, knowing you and your, and your style of playing, like you actually, so it wasn't good enough for you just to be an incredible drummer. You're also a performer. Um, like, okay, so I can play mm -hmm. this part really well. Let me, try to be able to play it while I juggle these sticks Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah where where did that come from and and how does that differ from your uh I guess lack of desire to be uh like a performer front and center on YouTube or Mm -hmm.
1: something yeah I mean I definitely want to be a front and center just not on YouTube Mm. you know like I I want to be a I want to have a uh concrete job as a drummer sure And all that shit will come right back to life. But right now it's very stagnant because I'm just kind of sitting around. And I know if you sit and wait, it'll never come to you, that whole Mm. saying. So that's kind of what I feel like I'm doing. But I also, and they're like, oh, you got to get up. You got to go get it. I'm just like, no. (laughs) You know, like I'll just sit here and wither away and then wish I did later. But, uh,
2: do you remember? But, yeah, the do, well,
1: the oh, continue. Yeah,
2: do you remember years ago when you called me and I was in Alaska, and you said, "Dude, something is happening right now, and I don't really know what to do." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "He said, um, well, I got an email from Ellen." Oh yeah. So walk us through that. What happened?
1: Yeah, that was really interesting. Well, it it has to do with the stick tricks, like what uh, what you were saying, Tim. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, yeah, I I was just, I forget where the hell I was. I think I was in a hotel. We were somewhere on tour and I got a phone call and they were like, Hey, this is, I'm the talent scout for, um, I believe it was Jay Leno or you had two offers. Of you had there Leno was, and you had three.
2: Okay. Uh, you had three.
1: One was, I think it was Letterman, Leno and Ellen. hmm. um, and they were like, "Yeah, we saw your viral video of you juggling three sticks while drumming, and we want you on the show. Uh, when can you When can you do it?" And I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, you want me to come on TV, television? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, when when can I do it? You tell me. I'll be there. You know. So, yeah we we did uh, we did the Leno." And then the, yeah, the Ellen and the Letterman, I think they just kind of fizzled away, but the Leno stayed concrete and yeah, they, they just flew me in. I
2: did that and flew me out. Hold on. So you flew in, you had no breakfast, a lot of coffee and like two packs of cigs. No cigs. That was the problem. <laughs> no cigs. No cigs. You would have been better with cigs. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. tell us about that morning, that whole experience.
1: Oh yeah. well the Well, I was in the middle of a tour dressed like complete shit. <laughs> um, uh, it was on it was it was on Take Action tour. Which oh, by the speaking of hurdles, we got uh on Take Action tour. We got uh what's that word? No, it'll come to me. But uh, we robbed? No, uh, uh like like protesters. Oh, mm. you know whatever because yep. they
2: there was a sponsor on the tour that was yeah. controversial and because yeah. you were a band
1: playing the tour and we had at one point in our career said we were a Christian band in 2007 and it's now 2012 and mm-hmm. the only mm-hmm. dude that really wanted to be a Christian band mm-hmm. left in 2008 right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're like oh well i mean we're we're not really but i mean we'll talk about it sometimes but we're not really pushing it uh but now all of a sudden we're demons, mm-hmm. according to these suburban middle aged women. Because mm-hmm. that's who was attacking us. Mm-hmm. These like oh. Christian uh middle aged uh like Karen's, you know, whatever with the hair. Mm-hmm. The can I speak <laughs> she has the can I speak to the manager hair? It was a bunch <laughs> of those. Yeah. And they, they were ripping into us. And we're and we were just like, <clears throat> oh well, oh it was a boycott. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Boycott. That's the word. And what was funny is at that time our all of our fans made a boycott the boycott page on Facebook. So it's boycott text in July there. Your names will forever go, uh, be synonymous with baby killing mm-hmm. all this crazy shit. And yep. I'm like, I don't even know who the hell you're talking about. We're just a band that said yes to a tour that we were excited to play with these bands. Mm-hmm. Who the hell's planned parenthood? I'm mm-hmm. 17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the <laughs> hell's going on. I'm just trying to gig. Let me rip. And, um, so, yeah, that was really interesting. But, yeah, that was just a weird hurdle that popped into my head. Um, but, yeah, well, so I flew to L.A. for this, uh, the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm.
2: and Where were you before that? It was, Do you remember where you flew It, was,
1: it was on that, that tour, mid-boycott, whatever. Uh, w- I flew out of, it worked out because it was on an off day. I flew. Okay. We played a show the night before in Sacramento, at the ace of spades nice Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um and then the band and the band drove to salt lake city and i just they just dropped me off on their way Mm -hmm. at at an airport and then i flew down to la which then classic from this point it's all like a movie i was like holy shit this is actually what happens you know um (laughs) black suv type of shit oh yeah 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 but like i i i land i'm walking through the thing i just got a snare drum i don't know why i have it but i'm bringing something uh because i'm like well i know their snare sounds like shit you know so which i ended up using their snare anyway because i had no choice it was literally you have 23 seconds go you know and i'm like what (laughs) go you have 22 (laughs) seconds now you you have to be off stage in 21 seconds Um, because you know television (laughs) shit they don't even know i exist they just have an earpiece and they're listening to it and yelling at me whatever they're saying but uh but yeah so i'm i walk through the airport there's this dude there with a sign that says adam gray he's in a full-ass suit looking all intense and I was like, what the hell? Hell yeah, this is sick. Mm-hmm. And then the, the all blacked out SUV. But the dude looked at me and was like, is that, is that what you're wearing? And I was like, yeah, I was wearing cut off jeans. Because that's when back then that was a, uh, I think it, a lot of people were doing that. Yeah. And it was just comfortable. They were good uh, tour clothing. But yeah, those aren't jorts. <laughs> those, those aren't cut off. Matt just pointed to his shorts and uh they're very short <laughs> my god <laughs> moving on uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well I get, I get into the black suv they take me to the, the big building <clears throat> the abc hotel or something like that um uh is it at abc nbc i don't know um and then i get this this room it was sick took a shower uh didn't have time to sleep because I only had time for a shower and then they took me over there to do some rehearsal and then long story short I'm sitting in the little green room thing got my own little name name tag on a room which was pretty cool um, Jay Leno I'm sitting on the couch just like well I am extremely nervous <laughs> you know <laughs> just like uh, what the hell is going on you know I'm sh- I've got the shakes because I haven't eaten I'm I'm fully addicted to cigarettes and I'm out.
2: You know what I mean? Got,
1: and I got a ways to go here.
2: So, hold on, break. For those listening who don't know why you're there, why are you there? Why did Leno and all these other town scouts ask you to be on the show?
1: Oh, it was the juggling.
2: They saw a juggling yeah, video. They,
1: yeah, the video. Online.
2: It went viral. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's why.
1: Juggling three sticks while drumming.
2: Juggling mm-hmm. three drumsticks while playing a drum beat. Yeah. The video went viral within, if I remember, 48 hours. It blew up.
1: Nah. Uh, no, no, it was out for like six months,
2: but it was out. And then someone randomly Ryan Seacrest, yeah, like it was of uh, the Paramore Travis Barker, singer, uh, Haley, Haley Williams, Williams. Yeah, so the right person posted it, retweeted it, and boom, yeah. within forty-eight she hours, posted it,
1: and then it just got passed around everyone. And I was dang. like, "What the hell? This shit's been up here for half a year." <laughs> it's like I don't even know, remember how to do that Like I yeah. took that video Posted it didn't get any hits And I was like oh I guess it's not that cool And then uh, walked away from it And then now, now it's like okay you have two weeks To relearn everything oh, it's And incredible. perform it um, mm-hmm. And I was like oh god Alright let's <laughs> go So
2: Okay so you're sitting Yeah, yeah so,
1: you're so you're I'm sitting on, on the couch, couch. Yeah. Jay Leno walks yeah. in and he's just, just like Full, full denim. denim Like you know head to toe Classic yeah. Jay Leno, <laughs> Jay Leno if I would have any idea. Um, and he he was like, don't, don't be, be nervous, crazy. your grandma's watching. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Did he really say that? Yeah. That's incredible. And that's that's <laughs> the only words that were had before. And then I walked out. I, uh, I was so nervous that anything they said to me, I basically didn't remember what they said. So you got uh, William Shatner mm-hmm. and Jay Leno standing there. And... They're just looking at me and my god, both of their heads are huge. <laughs> yeah, they're like watermelons on toothpicks. I don't know. Yeah, I was just like, My God, these guys have big heads. But uh Yeah, that was that was my first thought. But um so they're asking me questions and shit and I I don't remember what the hell they were asking. It was just TV stuff, I guess. Yeah. And then they're like, Alright, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, Alright, I'm gonna play drums. Uh okay. Drum set rolls out. Um uh I sit down at it, I go through my routine, couple stick flips, this and that, whatever, and then I get and then it comes down to the, the triple triple stick juggle and play, and I drop the stick <laughs> and my God, talk about the whole world crashing down around me. Um But at the time I like first of all, there's a dude circling me on a track with a camera Mm -hmm. those big ass things you Mm -hmm. see and he's in my face Mm -hmm. and when and i didn't realize it until i started this because the the first half was fine because it's all low i'm looking down the juggling i'm looking straight up at the sky looking at the sticks Mm -hmm. there is a row Mm -hmm. of bright lights Mm -hmm. directly in Mm -hmm. my eye so i when i went to juggle i could not see the sticks so i was like Oh no. As soon as I look up, I'm like this is not going to work. I'm staring directly into a spotlight and I cannot see a thing. Hmm. So I, I start and I'm like, well, going blind. Start cuz I got, you know, 20 seconds apparently. Drop the stick and I'm like, oh shit. Now it's <laughs> really like now you cannot drop another one. I go again, drop the stick yeah. and I'm like, I'm one of those TV failures. <laughs> I'm one of those dudes that went out and didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like who Man. the f- fudge wants to be that guy? <laughs> you know? So then the, the I was like, all right, this is it. If you drop this, you are a piece of shit because this is the third times the charm. Mm-hmm. Drop twice.
2: You get one more. That's did you it. have a stick holder with sticks and you were oh, pulling yeah. from it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I,
1: that, that without those, that's a, it's a problem. Yes.
2: Um. So you drop two and you're I, like, don't drop the third.
1: Yeah. The back in the day I did used to, uh, Take those off just for the rush mm-hmm. during a during a set. Do all the tricks with no Living backups. Living on the edge. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like if you drop it, you got to look all humiliated, <laughs> leaning down to the ground to try to find it. Pressure's
2: on, so don't drop it.
1: Yeah, that helps you actually not drop it. If you if there's a chance you're gonna drop it, don't do any. Right, but uh, you drop your, two, drop two, don't drop a third, don't drop the third. Um, didn't drop the third, but I did cut short. I only did it like, I don't know. I the the act was eight measures, mm-hmm. but I only did four because I felt it. I was like, because I was, because it was like you start, drop, crowd goes, oh, start, drop, crowd goes, oh, and I'm like, do it till they cheer, just like the movies. <laughs> and I started, I maintained a little longer, and they all went. Whoa! And I, and I just stopped and grabbed the stick and stood Enough. up with my hand in the air. You know, like they cheered. I succeeded on the third time's the charm. I'm out. You <laughs> know, like I need to get the hell out of here. Who has a cigarette? <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but that was, uh, yeah, that was interesting. And uh, William Shatner told me his favorite part was when I dropped the stick and then I lost to an impersonator. Because it was uh, like a competition, who can thrill Bill the most? Mm-hmm. So you know, all these years of practice to mm-hmm. a guy that could go like, "Hey, ha, ha, you know, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was bitter for a little bit about that, and I'm very thankful it's not on YouTube because mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh, I want to see the video. I want to see the video mm-hmm. of the Tonight Show," and I'm just like, "No, it's
2: nowhere to be found." No, and I'm happy because you can't find that video. Anything
1: I said to them, I regret because I don't remember. Like, my, I was so nervous I couldn't even speak. Mm-hmm. And I, and it was just super surreal. So that was, I, if I could do it again, I would certainly not drop the stick and, and do excellent because I do not care now. But then it was this big, deal mm. but now if i would go out there i'd be like hey how the hell are you and they're like oh we're gonna have to bleep there like, <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> so, this is live television
2: yeah, and I'd be like, sir okay like, sir sir yeah <laughs> oh would you hear a little thing that means
1: these are gonna die
2: oh <laughs>
1: well i think we got some time okay airpods are we got through the, the story though thing. Oh yeah, yeah? yeah the story matters yeah, if story. they die they die <laughs> We'll wing if it. they
0: die, we lose Tim. We lose. It's okay. If you lose me, it's not. Then a big we, deal. Uh, then we just wing it, <laughs> yeah. like we always do. Yeah, like we always do. <laughs> that's well. That's pretty incredible. I don't think anyone else has th- that experience or any anywhere close to that experience. So that's, uh, so, so you're flying solo on that that story mm-hmm. there, Adam. <laughs> oh, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, it was.
1: I mean. Certainly, wish I could redo it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that's life. But what? Yep. I mean, what an incredible <laughs>
0: story! What? What an incredible experience! And uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's amazing that you were even able to do that. I mean, that, that's uh, it, you might not feel as accomplished as you are, but you certainly are accomplished and have done a lot of cool things. Um, not to mention you're mm-hmm. you are an incredible drummer and probably will be getting mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, Gig requests now that people know that you're not in a band, and oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll
1: take I'll take whatever you got. Just don't put me back in a van or a fire hall, and I'm there.
2: <laughs> so so not whatever you got. No, I can't I can't restart. <laughs>
1: I cannot restart. That's my that's a big thing for mm. me. I What's, already went through hell. Yeah.
2: What's a dream gig for you right now?
1: Uh, Slipknot. Mm. If I could play drums for Slipknot, I will never complain again. I will be the most evil. Looking, dude, behind that kit with that mask because it's not personal. Mm-hmm. If you're hiding behind a mask, I can get all creepy. Mm. And with the tricks, like I, I I, would, the stage performance, I would dive so deep into just creating this persona. You
2: would Joaquin Phoenix it. You would just yeah. go head first. Oh my gosh.
1: In my, in my mind, the, the ultimate dream is hiding behind a mask, playing metal for thousands and thousands, mm. and they love it. And there's fire everywhere, and I'm in a jumpsuit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Have that's you the seen most Jay incredible Weinberg? gig there is. Have you seen Jay Weinberg? Oh yeah, playing? he's excellent. He's doing yeah. well. And I'm I'm not like jealous or like trying to take his job. That's just when I when I think of ideal, it's that mm-hmm. you know, because it's aggressive. Uh, you're you know you're wet for some reason. You know they're like covered in water. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're all wet.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so like true. It's sick.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's let's talk about Disturbed. So we were in Europe together. And we were playing a European festival. And the way these European festivals work, you play with bands you would never otherwise play with as a band like August Monserata, Texas in July. You're grouped together. You're on a different stage, but you're on the same bill as Disturbed or Slipknot or System of a Down. So from what I remember you saying, you were a pretty big Disturbed fan. You're like, do you want to go watch Disturbed? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we went out front and we watched Disturbed play. And I remember them playing... Sound the Silence. Excellent song. It's an incredible song. It's an incredible Ooh. cover. If you haven't listened to the cover by Disturbed, watch it. And then after you watch it or listen to it, go on YouTube and watch the vocal reaction to it. Um, yeah, because... The he, highest viewed one, it's hilarious. There's like a he, uh, classical, classically trained mm-hmm. piano player, vocalist who's like, oh, I've never heard of Disturbed before, yeah. but I've been getting requests for this. And, and
1: textbook is... Textbook vocals, I guess, is like they were supposed to be a sound of
2: silence,
1: like no, like silent. You hold on the E. You hold on the
2: vowel. He holds on the consonant. He holds on the silent, holds on the N. Intentionally.
1: Dark. And that, and it's like, it, yeah, it's, it's, dark. it's got so much girth.
2: So the reason I want to talk about Disturbed is because you talk about this idea of, Wanted to play in Slipknot and wear this mask and take on this sort of dark persona. Disturbed is dark.
1: Oh, uh, that dude, dude is evil.
2: evil. Yeah,
1: which uh is badass.
2: <laughs> Do you remember when he was walking out of dressing? Oh, he, well, and he's he like this shit up so little high though. Dude. Yeah, he, he's, he, he's a little
1: dude. David Germain, I think, is his yeah, name. Yeah, you think you think Dwayne Johnson was walking down the hallway, but it's this <laughs> little man.
2: He's just and his like, security guard was yeah. Dwayne Johnson, oh, like yeah. he was enormous. Yeah, so he walks on stage. He's got his trench. Coat. He was
1: standing right next to us on stage. Mm-hmm. We were watching. Uh, was it Journey? Mm-hmm. It was one of those bands, those big dad bands type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I looked to my right, and I was like, Jesus, that's that guy. That's a freaking. <laughs> what's his face? The dude, and he, and he had it. He had his damn uh, lip piercings in with yep. the spikes that go down around yep. the chin, yep. and the jumps, and yeah. the well, the trench coat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm watching one of his, like, I'm like in my mind seeing him standing. A foot away from me. Mm-hmm. I, well, obviously you can't get caught looking. Nope. So you're. I'm not. I didn't even look at him. I just knew. You could feel yeah, his evil yeah. presence. And I could see him just standing <laughs> there with his chin all high. I something about the chin being high. You remember that? And his mm-hmm. eyebrows being mm-hmm. all perched up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like,
0: this dude thinks he is the shit, mm-hmm. and he is. He kind of is. Yeah. He, yeah. Is. he kind of is. But uh. <laughs> but, yeah, you totally get that when he comes out on stage. I think when I saw them play, they he like came out on a like an electric yeah. chair or something <laughs> like that. And he got electrocuted and then the, then the, the show starts and he's like yeah. God up there. Like he acts yeah, like he's it's, God. It's interesting, but <laughs> it's I mean, insane. I love it.
1: You know, I think it's cool. But <laughs> it, like whatever you got to do. Um, yeah. the
0: theatrics, man, yeah. But
1: yeah, it's, and I, I just flash back to when I was real young and I used to watch their song Prayer mm-hmm. the, uh, on VH1musicvideos.com, vh VH1 music you mm-hmm. know, like like where you there was no YouTube. Yeah, right. <laughs> It didn't exist. Right. Mm-hmm. So you'd watch music videos on VH1 or whatever it was called, dot com, and disturbed prayer. Now, this is the way I pray. And he's like in the trench coat with the things. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. he's wearing what he was wearing in that music video mm-hmm. that I latched onto when I, I was freaking seven yeah. or whatever the hell he it was. He has
2: seven of those coats, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. At all times. And then that, like, I just got
1: sucked <laughs> back. And I'm like, little did I know when I was watching those videos as a little kid Mm -hmm. I'd be standing two feet from that guy one Mm -hmm. day you know like sometimes when you take a step back and look at that kind of thing you're like whoa yep I mean I would have flipped the hell out if I knew that I'd be sitting here in Mm -hmm. 10 years you Mm -hmm. know because I remember Mm -hmm. I was the biggest uh Matt Griner fan for a while and then then we became friends and then now I hate him but uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) the feeling is very mutual
1: (laughs) no yeah it's so it's just
0: how how much is he paying you to to sit there and do this uh, interview? Uh, well, he keeps pulling <laughs> his shorts
2: up
1: higher, so if you consider yeah, yeah. that payment, that's, that's something I do. I'd like that.
2: Let's <laughs> oh, yeah. let's nice. talk pale. about the masuga. So you started this sort of uh, online comedy skit, if you will, where something I appreciate about you is that you're not going to just put up a bunch of content, as we've talked about 20 minutes ago in this episode about how you know you're not going to put content online that showcases your your skills that actually a lot of people want to see but what you are more so than ever inclined to post is, is this comic behavior that's yeah. so specific to you so talk about well, the like no
1: one gets it type of shit but for some reason it's funny <laughs> well I just had this idea one time it was me and uh one of our dude that played guitar in our uh he was, he was filling in for a while, um, on guitar and we were at a baseball game and I was like, dude, I have this idea, like something like, wouldn't it be funny if there was like a camera angle that was just like right on you with like these dad shades on and it's Mashuga. and, and you just, you have to straight face. So we did a bunch of takes just walking around. I was like, dude, and he kept breaking and then we both break and it's like, you got to maintain the, the straight face. That's the biggest thing. Um, and then that's, that was the invention of it. And then it, I posted it, and people were – they loved it. And they didn't – no viral shit or anything, but, like, my followers thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Lots of, you know, activity. And I was like, oh, I thought that was funny. So I did another one and then another. And then they slowly transformed into, okay, now I'm going to – Eiffel Tower's in the background. And then I'm going to do it in front of that. And then, oh, I'm in St. Petersburg – Russia. I'm gonna get that big crazy thing with the balls on top. What the hell is that thing <laughs> called? <laughs> red Square. <laughs> yeah, the Red Square, that the building. I'm gonna get that in the background. So I start doing it then, and then we started doing it together, which was hilarious. And it, and then it just
2: and then the climax of the story. And then the climax,
1: and I'll never do it another one is that we did it with Thomas Hawk.
2: The drummer, uh, the drummer of mashuga the
1: drummer of mashuga and he and was he thrilled to w- do it he with he was us. not excited
2: <laughs> it was we was like
1: pulling teeth he was oh. he even let out like a i hate this shit so like <laughs> he like he said i i i don't like doing this like he i do not like doing this. yeah he was very this. open about how uninterested he was but we were like we were That's like funny. you owe it to us we uh borrowed we gave you a uh, our drummer drum a yeah Open the
2: trailer. Yeah, his
1: drum tech lost his drum rug or left it at a venue. And he came to us saying, can I borrow a drum rug? And we're like, yep, on one condition. You make this video. (laughs) And he was not pumped, but he got the carpet, we got the video, and that was the death of Meshuggan. Meshuggan. Yep. Because you can't top it. You can't top it. I'm just bummed that uh, I didn't have sunglasses.
2: It wasn't my favorite
1: Meshuggan. No, it but it wasn't. It was actually my least favorite. It, probably it, it
2: was. It was one of the worst. Yeah. I would say. But it was terrible. It, it, it we had weren't walking. Happen.
1: There was no scenery. But the guy is there, so we're doing it. You know. The dude wrote bleed. Mm. The dude wrote bleed. Hardest
2: drum song you've ever played? No way. No. No. It's just a workout. Rap God by Eminem. No, that was just improv trash. What's the hardest song on drums?
1: Uh, none of them. <laughs> They're all easy. Yeah. Well it depends. I mean stab wound by yeah. fucking necrophagist. Yeah. Or necrophagist. <laughs> I like the way you said it. <laughs> first. Necrophagist. It Necro- sounds more evil. <laughs> yeah. That's why I went with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like basically things that are too fast to play mm-hmm. are what are difficult. There's nothing that's like difficult to play, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh, but do it at three hundred BPM. Oh, yeah, I'm just not that fast. Yeah, that's pretty you know? fast. Yeah. So, I mean, that yeah. sounds a little overconfident, but uh, yeah.
2: There's some truth to it, for sure. <laughs> Bleeds a hard song. Yeah.
1: yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's just, yeah, things are just fast. Speed it up, I can't play it. Mm-hmm. Slow it down, I can play it. Yeah. Whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: that's pretty cool. So, uh, so Adam, uh, I mentioned this a little bit before, but, uh, you were actually the most requested guest for Holy Ghost Notes. Wow. Um, so I know that there's a lot of people that, uh, have been really excited to, to hear you come on the show. Um, most of our, yeah, most of our listeners are, are, uh, drummers, um, you know, August Burns Red fans or metal fans. Um, what, uh. If you were to say something to them, what, what would it be? If you were to give them a piece of advice or, uh, you know...
1: Well, first of all, I would just... I'd say thank you for hanging in there because I'm so inactive.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
1: I seem to have disappeared for a while. I don't know when I'm coming back or if, but I would like to. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as activity goes, as uh, live performance, anything really. I mean, you heard that, you know, I if I can get a little better at this whole YouTube thing, mm-hmm. that would be nice, but... <clears throat> But yeah, just mainly thank you uh, for hanging in there, um, and yeah, just I don't know, you know, play. Uh, once it's not fun, you then you stop,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: uh, and that and that kind of <laughs> happened for me with drums. Is where it just I'd like today I haven't played drums in over a hundred days. Mm-hmm. I haven't touched my drum set. Well, one wow. time I touched it and I played for three minutes, and I was just like, nah. So it's like if it's not fun, no matter what level or no matter what you're working, like if it's not fun, I don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, so just make sure you always enjoy it, and if you don't find something you enjoy until you enjoy it again, you know, or or you crave it, you know, take a break, yeah. come back. Don't let and oh, and there's a real big rule in drumming. If you're working on something and you're just going over and over again, you cannot get it. Go to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When you wake up, you will get it first try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you have to be really mm. digging into this thing though. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be going like an hour mm-hmm. over and over again, and mm-hmm. your brain is mush. Yes. Yeah. Go to sleep. Yeah. Walk away. Wake up first try. Yep. And then once you do get it, don't get up until you can get it ten times in a row connected. Yeah. That's my. That's like my rule. If I'm like working on a fill. It's like, oh, I made it start to finish. Pause. Yeah. Start to finish. Yeah. Pause. Start to finish. Okay. Mm-hmm. Start to finish. Start, like, you connect it, and now you have a, it sounds like you're just shredding around a kit, but it's just that fill on repeat, mm-hmm. and then now it's like, oh, well, I just put it in a context, and then you play a beat and move it all around different parts of the beat, and now you're like, well, that feels uh, disposable, or uh, what's the word? I can I can use it at, mm-hmm. at my expense. Mm-hmm. Whenever I want it, because it's now mastered in every context. Yep. That's, yeah, I find that pretty important. Mm Mm-hmm. Is to learn and learn everything backwards.
2: What's the most amount of time in one day you've practiced?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't, somewhere in there, that was probably an eight hour. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I usually, I would do three to, three to five hours Mm -hmm. a day. For like two years, mm-hmm. and that's where I really just ran into all all the, the world mm-hmm. uh, the worlds within mm-hmm. drumming. Like mm-hmm. that's where I yeah. like, really dove into the limb independence mm-hmm. and just gaining full control of each limb and giving each limb a brain. Mm-hmm. Um, speed. and and just yeah, speed and just creating routines and techniques alone mm-hmm. you know I wasn't I've never like I can't name f- I could probably name five drummers but like I don't watch drummers mm-hmm. or like really care you know I, I just was trying to get as good as like if I can't play it all right I'm mm-hmm. gonna sit here till I can mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. I would and then it yeah. turned out where I would sit down and I would try to find things I couldn't play mm-hmm. and this is certainly not the case now but i remember i ran into a hiccup because i was like i can't find anything i can't play mm-hmm. except for speed
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like the blast beating at 300 bpm mm-hmm. like jeez get out of here. and it's insane yep so that would that made me dive into all right well let me just think of super unrealistic shit mm-hmm. so my right hand's going to go ding 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 ding. left hand's going to go t's, t's, de-t's, 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 de-t's. <laughs> left foot's going to go t's, 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 t's. And right foot's gonna just do dun, dun 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 and then I'd sit there and then I just started making those because that's I felt like I was at a dead end as far as mm-hmm. trying to be challenged. Mm-hmm. And those are endless because mm-hmm. literally think of anything. Yes. And then it's a whole new five hour process yes. to to put them all together. Yes. So I just built a arsenal of those things and then through doing that, now your limbs have a brain, each one. That's right. <laughs> For the most part. I mean, there's <laughs> definitely shit where it's
2: yeah. like, but there are those listening who who hear this and they say, oh my gosh, I'm like that too. I know that because I'm listening to you saying, oh my gosh, I'm like that too. The, the reason I hmm. love drumming is because of the challenge. As we talked about the very first part of this episode, I've always known it about you and I've always liked this about you. The thing that you love about drumming are the things that challenge you. And if you're not being challenged, you're not okay just playing this instrument anymore. Yeah. It's, it's not enough for you to sit down and just play. It's not enough. It's not fulfilling. It's not satisfying. Yeah. It's not cutting it. You're going to walk away because it's not fun. It has to be fun. Yeah. Matt Garska exercises that I've been working on he for the first time in world. years have introduced the kind of challenge that you're talking about where it's like, what do I play now? Yeah. I sit here at my kit and I look at these and I go, yes, dude, this is me. I, f- I kind of forgot about this. Yeah. Like right, left, left, right, left, left, right, left, left, right, left, left, while your right foot, left foot, and yeah. everything else is just flying around you. And when I'm playing that, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing on drums. Yeah. And I have so much fun. Mm-hmm. I have so much fun. Not everybody's yeah. wired like yeah. that, but I know a lot of people that are listening to this are. And what you have to say about it, it's really interesting because, you know... If you're not having fun playing this instrument, then get up and find something else. Yeah. For you, it's been motorcycles. You're wearing a Harley Davidson sweatshirt. Yeah, really, I really
1: love it. I'm no more <laughs> at peace than when I'm taking apart an engine or anything involving a motorcycle. Mm. Minus crashing it. <laughs> Which, <laughs> You've so. had some obstacles <laughs> yeah. on the bike too, man. Yeah, that's partially why I haven't played drums in 100 days, by the way. I uh, was bedridden the whole time. Mm-hmm. Basically oh, had my foot ripped off, but I'm good. You
2: doing all right now? Yeah,
1: healing up. Yeah, it hurts around now, every day because once I'm once I'm up on it. Mm -hmm. But basically, my foot was ripped off, Mm -hmm. type of shit. Um, But they, it's it's all they slapped it all back together, and Mm -hmm. so it just it's just gonna take time. It was six six months ago, six months. Yeah, and I'm still limping. It's pretty interesting, but
0: that's insane. I have a
1: side note about because I just remembered earlier. I was like, if you name it, I can play it. Mm -hmm. Wrong. I just remembered Chad hasty yep. showed me African style. Yep. Wow. Yep. That shit is hard because there, he, so he showed me this thing. It's incredible. I it was, so the right hand's just holding down to something on the bell, like a bibbing, 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 bibbing. The, the right foot's It's like, don't, don't get to feel like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it's, not playing—it's not the hard part. It's the feel. The feel—that is what I, where I'm wrong with what I said earlier. Dave Weckel feel cannot be recreated. Mm-hmm. That dude is like a cloud mm-hmm. of dynamics mm-hmm. around the kit. Like there's a lot of dudes that can that are are just ripping, but there's it's like yeah, do all that but quietly, mm-hmm. you know. And I used to do mm-hmm. a lot of exercises with that, like play everything you can loud, play it all Soft. quiet, play it all. On repeat, like I said before, but soft to loud to soft to loud. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But the touch of jazz and African Mm -hmm. and bongo shit Mm -hmm. and that realm, like it's just I need more time Mm -hmm. Um, and patience Mm -hmm. for, Mm -hmm. well, jazz especially. If you didn't come up with jazz, you're not going into it Mm -hmm. because that's something that is rooted in you if you if you're trying to go into jazz af, after you've already begun your career as mm-hmm. a drummer and you've been playing for 20 plus years mm-hmm. it's very very difficult mm-hmm. and I I like give me a jazz band I can get by but like it's not mm-hmm. it's no uh what's his name dynamite black dynamite talking about Steve Gadd no he's uh this is Instagram. Oh, name. Dude is oh, my goodness.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to uh, link his name in this video when it comes I think it's out. He's Black Dynamite. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That dude blows my mind. And he's that's his world, Jazz. Yeah. And he is just. Hmm. So I watch videos of him and I'm like, I have no idea what he just did. Mm-hmm. And so th- that is really inspiring to me because I'm like, that makes me realize how wrong I was mm-hmm. that time where I thought there was a ceiling because mm-hmm. there isn't. No. So.
2: You can always get better. So I want to talk about time because you keep bringing this up. And I think it's it's a valid fear in a lot of ways. There's a famous story about Tolkien. Tolkien Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. As you can imagine, an overwhelming task. He has all these subplots and sub-subplots. He has all these languages and secondary languages. And he has to try to write all this down. He has all the ideas up here. And he's got to get them all down on paper. And so he leaves the story... Lord of the Rings for a bit and writes another story. Go figure. But he does it as therapy. He writes about a guy named Niggle. And Niggle is a guy who can paint really well, but he has this fear that he's never going to be able to paint this entire tree that he wants to paint before he dies. Long story short, he dies before he paints the tree. Just gets a couple of leaves out and that's it. I want to talk about time with you because I've had that fear I have all these ideas and I want to get to this level with my drumming and this level in my personal life and relationships and this life or this level in my faith. And there's all these important parts of my life that, that require time to nurture. Where do you want to be by the time you're 40? How old are you now? 28. 28. Okay. So 12 years. What would be an ideal place for you to be 12 years from now, 40 years old? Personal life, yeah, well, drumming I, life.
1: That's interesting because I have no idea. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I don't want. I have, I'm literally floating right now. So it's... Huh. And I mean, that's a lot of people feel like that. It's a very... It's a source of a lot of people's depression. Mm-hmm. Where, what am I doing with my life? That mm-hmm. question. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to be performing as the drummer mm-hmm. for whatever but um, at the same time maybe that'll change maybe I'll find a passion elsewhere you know so it's just I, uh, I'm not really uh, not really sure I'm just I'm just letting each day come as it will mm-hmm. and then what happens happens
3: mm-hmm
2: I have a final question, and then Tim has a final question. My final question starts with a thought. Years ago, I started a Bible study. I had you over. At, a, at one point in time, you were interested in God and in faith, and you had been touring with some bands who were sort of inspiring that in you, and then, as it turned out, actually, in my opinion, robbed you of that curiosity to know about God, to believe in God, to have a relationship with him. And so so I've always appreciated your input because you're a very honest person. There's no BS with you. You're straight ahead. And I had a Bible study with the simple goal of learning about God in a way that actually impacted me on a day-to-day level. No fluff, just the real deal. So we watched a video series, and afterwards we all talked. This was several friends... Uh, that I had at the time some some married friends, some single friends, and you were there as well, and at the end of one of the the discussions, you know what i 'm going to ask you oh, yeah. um it 's something i 'll never forget you saying. I said something about you know what what do you guys think really matters about living out your life in a Christian way, and subsequently, how do you think it affects what 's next heaven, hell, and you raise your hand you say well i 've a thought." But I'm afraid to say it. And I said, okay, what's your thought? And you said, why in the actual hell would anyone ever want to go to heaven? Want to go to heaven. (laughs) Now, why did that (laughs) stick with me? Because unfortunately, there's a lot of validity to that question.
0: Yeah. My wife and I talk about it all the time. (laughs) It's like a number one question that she's like, hey, this doesn't really make sense. Right. (laughs) Like, I don't want to go to heaven right now. Right, exactly. Uh, There are a lot of people who would agree
2: with you, okay? As much or as little as you want to talk about this, I want you, (laughs) I want you, I want to hear what you have to say. Not because, not because it's going to guide me in any which direction. I just care about you as a friend, and I really respect your opinion. You have lived a lot of life, and... I want to know if you still feel the same way that you did. That was about eight years ago.
1: Yeah. Um, well, the the original, that question was, why uh, why would I want to go to heaven because there are Christians there? Mm-hmm. Or what if I don't want to go to heaven mm-hmm. because there are Christians there? Because from most of my experience with Christians, well, the ones that are, re- are very outward Christians, that's what, you know, is very uh, difficult to deal with. I was like, I don't want to be around them for eternity. Like, those people are not good people. Those are bad people. Like, I like I can't be gay. I can't, you know, like those those Christians. Um, and the, that are very outright about it. It's very uh, offensive uh, when they're, you know, very hypocritical. Mm-hmm. And it annoys me, and at that time, when I said that, to me, that was all Christians,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and that and and just because over years and years of being shown by example mm-hmm. every single time it never failed, um it's just like, oh my God, just when I thought it was all right, this dude's like, "Oh, you know, I wouldn't allow my son to be gay, you know, something like mm-hmm. that, and I'm just like, "What you know, <laughs> or uh you know like." Little, little things that some of them will say. And it's just like, why did just just think it, you know, don't say that. What the hell's (laughs) wrong with you? You know, it's like, well, I'm going to hell, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, what the hell? Like for me, no matter what the hell you believe, just be a good person. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it, uh, it'll, it'll work out. And if it doesn't, like if I, if I walk around this earth And I treat everyone with respect and I just be, you know, as helping and caring as I can Mm -hmm. realistically Mm -hmm. without being all crazy about it. But you can if you want, you know, whatever. Um, And he still wants to send me to hell. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. I'll go straight to hell. Mm -hmm. But I don't I believe that if he's real, he'll Oh, I hope Mm -hmm. will uh, be understanding that Mm -hmm. a good person does not deserve to burn Mm -hmm. according to what the these super religious people will say. Right. You know? Mm -hmm.
2: Um, So as I think about this, we've done an episode. uh, I had a a thought years ago about a woman from Amsterdam, from the red light district who when she dies, what does it look like? What does it look like when she's sitting in God's presence? She's lived her life the way she's lived it. She's been hurt. She's never really experienced real love. This is just all theoretical, right? mm -hmm. But I could see it played out and she's sitting there in God's presence and, and she feels God's love for her. And she has a chance to react to this. And her reaction is, there's no way he's looking at me with that kind of love. Not if he knows what I've done with my life. And throughout the course of that interaction, the only conclusion you can come to is that if she experiences God's love and realizes that he knows her, and yet he still loves her, she will be the best kind of Christian anyone could ever even imagine in the sense that she's given up, she will give up everything to follow God forever. Because she's never mm-hmm. experienced what he's giving her, if indeed that is truly what he's giving her, which Christianity says it is. What the Bible says what, about he what the Bible says about salvation is that if you get to God and you say, "Look at what I've done with my life," look at what I've done with my life, oh, yeah, yeah. God will say, "Okay." You didn't do it in my name. And really, that's not what it's about. You're
1: no son of mine or whatever. He, what does he say? Mm-hmm. I don't know you. Depart from
2: me. I never knew you. Yeah. And yet here's yeah. this woman theoretically sitting there saying, I don't deserve this. And God's saying, I love you. and And because you can sit here and say that to me means that I will embrace you and carry you forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. You never have to leave me. And I look at you and I see someone who has that kind of heart the kind of heart that a lot of christians could learn a lot from and i've i've been learning from you for years (laughs) we don't agree on a lot of issues like this but somehow whenever we have a conversation about it i learn and what i learn is simply put i'm pretty judgmental no no i mean you're but you you can
1: you not you can be you you do it correctly because you don't blurt it out if you're gonna feel a certain way about somebody think it and roll you know,
2: I used to be more judgmental. It's because of people like you that have taught me some of the best people in my life are people that I don't agree with yeah. and don't agree with me.
1: Yeah. We're all a little different.
2: And I, I really appreciate that about you. So yeah. thank you for the candid answer. It's, um, eight yeah. years ago, you made an impact on me with that answer in my <laughs> stupid little Bible study, you know? And, uh, I've talked to a couple of friends who were there too, and it stuck with them too. Yeah. They remember there's validity mm-hmm. to what you said. Yeah. Um,
1: it's yeah, it's just, yeah. Well, Anywhere for eternity does not sound fun.
2: Like, it sounds a little scary. Like I would ever agree. and
1: ever and ever? Like and, and and ever? And ever. Keep going. Like yeah.
0: and ever. What w- what the hell do you want to do for
1: that long? And you're
0: telling me we're sitting in church? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Adam, you're trying you're trying to learn that drum part that you don't know how to play. Oh that's, what that's you know. hell. <laughs> <laughs> I get an eternity to... Uh, I don't know,
1: I I I I don't really know what I believe. I I just chill. I'm open for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Frankly, I'd like to not burn for eternity because holy shit. But if I if I live my life as being the best human I can, and I have to burn, I'll burn. But I don't. I really hope not. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm. my my dad's similar to me as well. But he like it's just be a good freaking person
2: your dad's a good man yeah you be a good a person good and
1: good things will happen and if they don't maybe they will when you die you mm-hmm. know what i mean right because you like the the woman's right. story right. you know so right kind mm-hmm. of rolling with that i kind of deep down hope it's just black mm-hmm. <laughs> like finally some peace finally like <laughs> and quiet too right yeah, like like imagine having no conscience oh my god it would be just incredible. Quiet. no
2: thoughts no nothing. sound
1: just nothing <laughs>
2: it's horrifying but at the same time a little peaceful as long as you don't have tinnitus anymore then it just sounds like hell all over again
1: oh i already have a hell built in my mind about that i die and oh you thought it was bad and when you were alive well let's turn it up Take if, this ring yeah if anyone doesn't know i have oh, a man. pretty bad tinnitus or tinnitus which is my my ears ring permanently uh mm.
2: it's torment it's that china symbol
1: and it, it's my right ear. It's from the. It's from fire all days and all that. Just beating the hell out of that China symbol with no earplugs. <laughs> Thank you, Messengers. That's, that's. Oh my gosh, dude! You ruined metal. Ruined.
2: <laughs> I, I at least ruined the China play, symbol. Yeah, people
1: can't play breakdowns anymore because of Messengers.
2: Because of that China. I'm not gonna take that. <laughs> I, know. I I'm not gonna take that. I will. I'll take responsibility for the China. You can't, you can't overstep with the metal genre. I mean, that's going a little far. <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. Adam, thank you so much for spending the uh, time with us. Um, I've had a blast, man. This, is, this has been fun for me. And uh, it's just, there's so much nostalgia because we've been friends for so long and we have the biggest common denominator of all, which is drums. So I've just had a great time. Um, thank you. Tim, you have a final question and then we'll wrap this up.
0: I guess what I will say... Um, It's not really a question because Adam pretty much answered all my questions. But what I will say is um, that uh, I think a lot of times on this podcast, we talk about this very thing about, um, you know, how Christianity isn't necessarily reflective of Christ a lot of the time. And um, Adam, what you had mentioned about like... um, the Christians boycotting you guys because of whatever your affiliation was with Planned Parenthood. I mean, like that brought to mind like Westboro Baptists. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Westboro Baptists, but like the stories of those guys and they, they went and picketed at like um like military funerals and like like all these terrible things trash. Like Complete in, trash. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Christianity and like just the most judgmental, the most like mm-hmm. the blackest hearts, basically, yes. and, and under the name of, of Christianity. And it, it really saddens me because those are the types of people that make me not want to affiliate with Christianity. Right. Um, and the only reason I call myself a Christian is because of who Jesus was, mm-hmm. not because of who Christians are. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you just hit it on the head, like your experience is what I've experienced, I'm sure what Matt's experienced and many others, a lot of people who listen to this podcast have experienced those very things. And that's why this topic keeps coming up because it's an issue. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I don't really have a question for you, but I just want to thank you for being honest about it. And, um, I would argue to say that you're in a great place Yeah. (laughs) if you thought that you had it figured out and you thought that you were okay and that, um, that you're a perfect person, you're getting to heaven based on that. I would say you're probably not in a good place. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we're one all time, figuring it out, and, and that's, what's, that's what's important here, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I one time uh, had a—I was in church, and I, the pastor said something that only made sense to me years and years later, and it stuck with me, and it terrified me. Um, but he said, if you're 100% certain you're going to heaven, I'm 100% certain you're going to hell. hmm And I was Mm. like, what the hell do you Mm -hmm. mean by that? Mm -hmm. But I was, like, really young. Mm -hmm. And now I realize Mm -hmm. it because those 100% certainers are terrible Mm -hmm. people. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Just believe whatever the hell you want, you know. And, you know, if you want to worship a dog, go ahead. Just don't tell me I'm wrong for not, you know? (laughs) And, uh, but and I'm not saying I don't, it's just, I don't even know. I just, I am, I'm a realist. Um, and it's just very, very just, I don't know. I just, uh, take life as it comes and what happens happens and I'll Mm -hmm. see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, That's
2: great. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot, dude. Appreciate you coming on the show. And, uh, I know that our listeners are going to be thrilled, um, to hear about this happening and uh man we just appreciate you we love you as a friend and as a fellow drummer and can't wait to see you back on the kit so thanks a lot for joining us oh yeah soon
3: good to be here i'll see you thank you
0: Right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I had a great time on that one. Probably one of the funnest uh, interviews we've done. Um, yeah. Adam's just such a cool dude. So real. Yeah. Uh, I know we said this before, but um, it just it. There's some. There's something to be said about someone who can come on uh, a podcast with very little uh, preparation and mm-hmm. and just be honest. And just be mm-hmm. himself, and that's exactly what adam did so uh, so thank you adam for for coming on the show and um for just being yourself it's awesome mm-hmm. um,
2: yeah it's dude isn't it helpful too to have someone like that in our lives and actually on our podcast who is um, who's living their life in a way that we can look at and be like, man, that is I can admire the fact that that person is. Authentic to the point mm-hmm. where they're going to drive 30 minutes to their friend's house. They're going to go on a podcast called Holy Ghost Notes, <laughs> and they're going to talk about how they don't really believe in the same thing that the podcast stands for, but the common denominator is strong enough that they feel comfortable, which is I can be myself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, we have so much to learn from from people like Adam, from friends and drummers and mentors and leaders and trailblazers like Adam. I mean, he's yep. all of those things because he doesn't think he's much of any of them. And yeah. and that's the reason I really look up to him so much. Mm-hmm. He's always been the most authentic person in the room. He's he's obviously hilarious, like Yeah. <laughs> it's we tried to like do the intro for this episode at least 6 times and we just couldn't <laughs> stop laughing thinking about what he said and the great person that he is so yeah absolutely. Uh, he's an impactful person man and if you're listening to this and you got a lot out of it reach out to him and mm-hmm. encourage him uh, yeah. let him know that you love his drumming let him know that <clears throat> you think he's an awesome person um, because even people as talented and as impressive as adam are 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 people as you heard in this episode who have their struggles and they're mm-hmm. not really sure what to do at times with the talent that they know they have they just don't know how it fits Right. Um and so we're just honored to have someone like him on the show <laughs> who um really his his personality and his approach to life resonates so much with who yeah. we are as a podcast.
0: Yep. Yeah, for sure. And I'll just um get straight to the elephant in the room. <laughs> um you know, aside from all the funny stories um and and you know, just getting to know Adam, um he brought up a few points that I just want to hit on real quick. And mm-hmm. that is just his experience with, with Christianity. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew we were in for it when, uh, before we started recording, he's like, so, uh, so I do do I have to talk about Christ? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> all right. Okay. So this is going to be a fun one. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but like he was, he came out like, and, and basically just said like, I don't want to be in heaven with Christians.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't want to live yep.
0: for eternity with people like this, mm-hmm. and like when he said that, I I started examining myself and what I felt and thought, and I was like, you know what, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not all the Christians. I don't want to like do Christian bashing right now, but a lot of Christians that I've encountered are not people that I would want to spend forever with. Um, right, and if that doesn't say something about the state of Christianity today. Mm-hmm. I don't know what does. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. like Adam was an innocent kid just trying to play music, and they literally yeah. put a page together bashing his band. Right. You know, like right. it's like, come on now, complete trash. come on, like complete it, trash. It's just terrible, and it's not representative <laughs> of what Christianity stands for. And and so, if you're listening to this, you know I'm sure many of you, if you are listening to this podcast still after all of the conversations we've had about this topic, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that you've probably experienced something similar. Um, What I would say is, A, don't let it taint your perspective of God Mm -hmm. or your perspective of Christians or your perspective of church. Um, Mm -hmm. As humans, we are flawed. Um, We're imperfect. We are going to fail each other. We are going Mm -hmm. to do things that don't align with what Christianity stands for um, but that, that, that's not reflective on God how he loves mm-hmm. us um, what we could be experiencing in this life um, as Christians um, hmm. but it also should challenge us because um, there's obviously a problem and uh, for us just to stand by and ignore it is not okay either you know, mm-hmm. um, that's right. I don't know what practical way <laughs> we can say we, we uh, you know other than just addressing it and um, maybe calling people out that that aren't representative. You know, <laughs> that do things that the church accepts as things that Christians should do or say or think. Um, hmm. Maybe it's just speaking up and just saying no. This is not mm-hmm. who Jesus was. This is not what he did. This is not what he stood for. Um, maybe it's as simple as that. Um, who knows, but, um, we should all just be aware of it. Um, and I think Adam did a really good job of, of being honest about his experience and, uh, we can all take something from that.
2: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think a lot of it starts in your room with the door closed. No one's watching, no one's listening. We've talked about this a gazillion times, but it's true. Mm -hmm. If someone, if someone's had a bad experience with the church or with a religion, um, they can actually find healing and restoration in someone who's living a life that is authentic and right. the opposite of the things that have hurt them, which yeah. is religion. Yep. And if you're in your room and no one's watching and no one's listening and you're doing it because, you're praying because it is important to you, it's a relationship that you want to nurture, then it's real and it's authentic to you and anyone and everyone can respect that. Right. And so if, if that is the life that you're living, then you're doing what you need to do. And you're representing the type of faith that is attractive to someone who doesn't agree with it, but at least can at the very at the very least respect it. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's that's not the type of example that was given to someone like Adam and someone like me and someone like you, Tim, mm-hmm. and to so many of our listeners. The example we've seen is a judgmental, I'm better than you, condescending, um, <laughs> just this terrible, uh, terrible, terrible feeling that just. Makes you you feel like a terrible person compared to someone else, and that's that is not at the right. heart of Christianity. So, no, we're just thankful all. that we are able to have this conversation uh, with one of the best to ever do it. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, so I'd like to talk about our Patreon. Um, we have a Patreon account. It is fairly new. If you haven't heard about it, you can check it out: Patreon.com/slash Holy Ghost Notes. On this Patreon yeah. account, we have uh, three very basic membership levels: single stroke, double stroke, and triplet. Um, single stroke is $5 a month. Double stroke is $10 a month and triplets, $25 a month, Uh, included in these membership levels is a variety of different, um, you know, benefits that you have access to. We are working in, uh, the ability for me to do drum lessons for certain tiers that is up and coming. I now have a studio at home and I have the ability to do this. So it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, I've been teaching for over 10 years, um, I'm excited to extend this part of education to Holy Ghost Notes in a unique way. Um, so w- what are you giving your money to if you sign up on patreon.com slash Holy Ghost Notes? Well, it helps to cover our, our out-of-pocket expenses. Um, Tim does a lot of work for this. He wouldn't say it, but I will for him. All the <sighs> editing, all the graphic design, there's a lot of work that, that goes on in between each episode That is why we only do two a month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're looking to have better content, better audio. Um, We are not looking to filter any of this into our pockets. Uh Um, I am not approaching this as a form of income. I just want to produce the best possible podcast uh, where we create uh, meaningful conversations with a community of like-minded people, like-minded meaning we're all looking to learn and and ask the hard questions together. Uh, Yeah as it pertains to drumming, we can get better at our instrument. We can learn from each other, but as it pertains to our faith, uh, we can really ask, uh, why is someone like Adam in a place where he looks at Christians and says, there's no way I want to ever spend the rest of my life with people like that. And I I think that's an important conversation that has to be had. We want to be a platform where that conversation is not only had, but it's encouraged. And so you can be a part of our, Uh, community group it's called inner circle Uh and inner circle is pretty cool Um, and it's it's unique in that we are giving um, those that are in the community group a, a deeper look into each episode so instead of just playing the episode for an hour and 20 minutes and then shutting your car off and you're at your destination you never think about it again you can actually pop on and you can talk to other people in the community group about what you heard um if you hated it you can say you hated it if you loved it you can say you loved it if you have questions you can ask um if there are questions you can answer and so we're creating that platform it's called inner circle and that is one of the benefits um but there's a ton of stuff so, so check it out patreon.com slash holy notes we're trying yeah. to create the best possible podcast we can uh, and we're at the point where this is a viable option for us and hopefully you can consider it so yeah
0: thank you Definitely. in advance yeah, thank you guys. And on the subject of Patreon, I'm going to give a few shout outs real quick to some of our new, uh, new joinees. Um, so huge shout out to Alexandra Brenner, Nick Abbott, Logan Kerr, Sarah Ashmore, Zach Bridgman, Brantley Weatherford, and Jonathan Evans. Thank you guys so much for your support and looking forward to the conversations that will be had uh, on the Inner Circle Community Group. Uh, So I guess to wrap up here, um, we uh, post drum videos, repost drum videos each week. We call it our groove of the week. Um, You can uh, have a chance at being featured by using the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes on your drum videos, Um, so make sure you're doing that. Um, If you have any questions or comments... Uh, concerns? Anything you want to say? Um, reach out to us. Uh, you can uh, hit us up on social media at Holy Ghost Notes, um, or uh, feel free to shoot us an email: Matt and Tim at the Uh We'd love to hear from you. Um, in addition to that, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, um, please uh, please give us a rating. Uh, doesn't matter if it's a one star, five star um, whatever you think we deserve, <laughs> uh, we'd appreciate it. It goes a long way. So
2: speaking of authenticity,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Be authentic. Tell us the yeah. truth. But yeah, exactly. Um, don't, don't, thank you for don't listening, just make man. us feel good.
2: <laughs> thank you for listening. And please be honest uh, about your experience. We really appreciate <laughs> right.
0: the honesty. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you all. Uh, we hope that, uh, you enjoy this episode and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Yep. Peace. Peace.